Chapter 7 I wondered how long it would take before you came to London, exclaimed Peter Gillen. He locked his Porsche and leaned over almost inside Loxley's black cab. It was Gillen who paid the driver, opened the back door, and let Maria and Loxley onto the pavement. Follow me, please. They followed Gillen back along the footpath, around a couple of corners, and suddenly they were back on familiar ground. From Iran to Hyde Park, in just a few minutes, they continued north into Bayswater. Gillen indicated they should descend steps to a basement, the Georgians sought behind grand railings. Below stairs, previously a place for servants and other household staff, there now appeared to be some kind of all-night tea room. It was in fact a relaxed restaurant, busy enough so that they could all blend in quietly, arrive without anyone noticing, barely even the staff. Loxley allowed Maria down the stairs first, with Gillen behind him. About halfway down, Loxley realised that Gillen had not followed him. He had remained on the street to keep watch. When they reached the bottom, Loxley caught up with Maria and let himself into the restaurant first. Although he trusted Gillen, it remained prudent that he should enter first for safety. Perhaps Gillen was operating under duress. Perhaps he had given Loxley a sign that he was not acting of his own free will, but Loxley had missed it. Inside was quiet. It was now a little late for eating and most visitors had gone, or they had never been there. The final coffees of the day were being sipped, and in the far corner, with his back to them, sat Spanton. Loxley led Maria over to his table. Well done for making it to London, said Spanton. A little late, but nevertheless. Do you know where Niku is? Loxley asked him. More or less. Hayek's here in London? Spanton nodded. He arrived. We have the details from Heathrow border staff earlier this afternoon. Any idea what's going on? A little. Not enough. Spanton shook Maria's hand. Welcome. You know Niku, we fear she's in trouble. Any thoughts? She seemed fine at school. Met the father, Maria nodded. Loxley had not considered this fairly obvious possibility. That made Maria the only one of them who had. How does Niku relate to him? asked Spanton. I'm afraid he has considerable power over her. Would she do anything? he asked. Anything? No, no, absolutely not. She's her own person, no matter how young. But he has influence. I would assume she came to meet him. But she left school secretly, said Loxley. Yes, she is not supposed to leave, and to get permission is a hassle for the pupils and the staff alike. They have certain exits. We all know them when we turn a blind eye. Loxley could see now that his infatuation had robbed him of several leads. He hoped it wasn't so obvious that Spanton could see it. We know most of his haunts, said Spanton. I have them all covered. Would you be able to think of somewhere else? Somewhere a little secret, perhaps known only to Hayek and his daughter. Somewhere she talked about fondly, that kind of thing. I don't know her that well, Maria replied, so he's not at any of the places you know about. Spanton shook his head once more. I fear this is all linked to Sam's disappearance, said Loxley. It's all part of a script. He wondered how much to tell Maria, and how soon. What else could she tell him? They had lost all of their interesting persons, including Sam. Loxley felt reassured that he was on the right track, and Spanton had also lost all of their targets. So he was performing within normal boundaries. They left Spanton in the restaurant. So where was Hayek? 
The conventional wisdom seemed to put Niku with him somewhere in London. Maria's testimony suggested that she had gone there of her own free will, probably using one of the officially secret entrances to get to the train station. Sooner or later, Spanton would confirm that she bought a ticket, or was seen vaulting over the ticket barrier, or was it late enough for the barrier to be unmanned? Thinking back, Loxley realised the gates had been wide open at the beginning of their journey, but they were still active at Marleybone. So one way or another, she had bought a ticket at the machine and had it taken by the mechanism at the Marleybone barriers. He could imagine it being opened right now to find that ticket and its fingerprints checked against those of Niku they had on file. He was certain of this part of the timeline. What he needed now was time and space to think. He would ordinarily have this and plenty of it, and that was his favourite time, the best part of the job. Maria's presence, which had started out as a necessary crutch for his journey, a cover story to avoid attracting attention simply prevented him from doing this. Gillen's surprise intervention and Spanton's had added some information that he had to process, and yet Maria was still here and showing no sign of tiredness. It was past midnight. They either had to go back home or find somewhere to stay in London. Why did Niku shoot Sam? Father's orders? Loxy could make that scenario fit. He was certain that Niku had shot him, but that it was the result of some argument, and that it had indeed been self-defence. But she clearly had some experience of shooting one way or another, and that disturbed him. Shooting practice, depending on the particulars, could open a door he was not ready for. Always return to the obvious. The most obvious thing, given the hour, was that Niku and her father had turned in at a hotel. They already knew the pair were not at any of his London properties, unless a basic error had been made. That was it. Time for him and Maria to find some phones and make some calls to some likely possible hotels, even though there were thousands now in the capital. They would have to narrow the search using what they knew. Loxley chose a reasonably expensive hotel just off the main Bayswater Road near Queensway. The more expensive hotels would play along with their request and ask fewer questions. They set themselves up in the bar with a couple of the hotel's cordless phones. The embers of the evening's fire smouldered in a grand hearth and the receptionist ordered the background jazz to be turned down a notch. They were almost alone and nobody complained at the change in volume. Each of them had a London phone book. This is very exciting, Mr. Ellis, said Maria. She had started pronouncing his name in an unusual way. He sensed she knew it was fake. He simply had to find out what her game was, and how much she knew, and how involved she really was with the Hayek's. Just another day, Miss Leclerc, he said, assuming an identically careful pronunciation of the name she had given him. She smiled a little. I know you were no teacher, she said after a while. No teacher with a few years behind him would have made such a mess of Mrs. Hayek, she said. The waiter brought their drinks. She had chosen some fruity thing with champagne, and he had gone for a good cognac. He may have been a crap teacher, but he was determined not to be a crap spy, and he realised he had missed many opportunities. He realised they would be no better off with her information, but he would have felt better about it. She carried on talking as she sipped her drink. So what is our story? We ring some hotel and say what? We cannot simply ask if they're there. They would use some other names. Loxley nodded. He was in his own arena now. We're looking for a father and daughter, checked in late, either booked at the last second or not booked at all. 
Ask for someone who is managing the desk at seven o'clock or thereabouts. For smaller hotels, ask if you can speak to the duty manager. We'll find them, but first we need to narrow down the possibilities. He produced from his pocket a list of Hayek's known addresses in London. There were five of them. One was Hayek's main house, the others were investment properties, which were rented out. We start with hotels in a one-mile radius of the main house. Then we extend one mile at a time from there before we consider other locations. It seems simple. They began to dial.